Vegas Nation, presented by STN Sports Mobile from Station Casinos. Who knows, maybe Hard Knocks will come and cover that. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? What I think it does, it just it opens up the world to, to show us who we really are. AB is a character, Derek Carr is a character, so I just think it's, it's exciting for people to see what type of team we have. The reason you go away to training camp is to get away from all the distractions. Hard Knocks is an intrusion. It was handed to us, so it's up to us to deal with it. What's up, Raider Nation? It is over. HBO's Hard Knocks season with the Raiders is done. John Gruden and the Raiders survived TV's most intimate look at an NFL team throughout the duration of their training camp and preseason, all the way down to the final cuts of making the 53-man roster. This was a kind of gut-wrenching episode in many respects as the final episode of Hard Knocks, and we are here today on the show with Miles Simmons, our man out in Oakland covering the Raiders and the beat, and our former cornerback for the silver and black stand route guys you can subscribe to vegas nation at vegasnation.com download the vegas nation app to follow all things silver and black and give us a look at reviewjournal.com slash podcast as well or anywhere else you get your shows always leave us some comments we love hearing from you we love the feedback let us know what you think about the podcast guys let's get into who survived the final cuts and who didn't This episode opened up with Brinson Buckner saying that everyone has an expiration date. For you, Stan, you've played in this league. What was your experience like with cuts? I mean, just how really difficult is it to get through getting cut by a team? And then, like, you went to Kansas City in 2012 and and had some, you know, issues there, too. So what was this like for you and your experience? Hmm. Well, fortunately for me, I never actually went through the cut day towards the end of the preseason, uh, going into the regular season, thank God. Um, it's just something that no matter what, no matter how long you play in this league, there's going to come a time where your boss tells you don't come to work tomorrow. That's just something that you, everybody's going to go through. And even times where a player may just retire abruptly, some of that could be that he was starting to get the feeling that the team was starting to basically uh, move away from him, but he figured he'd go ahead and write his own story. But no matter what, everybody goes through it. It's something that you got to deal with. It's something that you got to internalize. And for the most part, you have to compartmentalize because it's never personal. At least, you know, that's what they say most of the time. It's never personal and it's just business. So that's the one thing that you must treat it like a business. So you never lose sight of the real eyes on the prize. So I think that in my experiences, that was how I always took it. I did not let it become anything more than what it was. And especially seeing it happen for a lot of those guys on camera right after the preseason game, you feel for them. And I remember at times where I would be in Oakland or in Kansas City, and it would be that one dreadful day right after the fourth preseason game, and you see guys come in the facility, go upstairs, go talk to the head coach or the GM, and you already know exactly what's happening. So you feel for them and you're able to empathize with them. But if you play this game long enough, everybody's going to go through some version of that. 
Right. And they said even to Jason Kabinda in this episode, uh, as he was waiting for his turn to go up and speak with personnel and knowing that he's in there to be released, that it wasn't personal, that this is a business and to compartmentalize it, like you're saying, Stan. So um, one veteran, though, Miles, that I'm sure Vegas wanted to see make the team with hopes that he would make it here back home where things started for him at Cimarron Memorial was linebacker Brandon Marshall. Uh, he was playing with the ones through camp. What do you make through the of this cut, Miles? Well, I think it's a situation where, as um, Paul Gunther, defensive coordinator, was saying to Jason Cabinda, this team is going to be more of a nickel-based team because if you look at offenses around the league, they're more spread out. They're using more three-wide receiver sets. And so because of that, you have a guy in Brandon Marshall who is not necessarily going to play special teams as much. That's what you need your linebackers to do because that's what the linebackers have to do when they're not just on the 53-man roster but on the 46-man game day roster. So when that happens and you've got this veteran who's there, he's probably not going to play special teams. And so that in turn is why you're going to see Brandon Marshall get cut instead of probably make this team. And so he is still a guy who has probably got some good football left in him. I think that he might be picked up somewhere, especially after week one, because just because of the way contracts work. But yeah, I mean, it is unfortunate that he's not going to be with the Raiders as they maybe make his journey into Las Vegas. And, you know, he would have had to sign another contract with them anyway in order to get that done. But still, I mean, you wanted to see him at least make it into the season and see what he can do. This episode of Vegas Nation will be right back. SDN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. Sign up today and get a new sign-up bonus of up to $50. A lot of these players that they featured here on Hard Knocks are gone. Jason Cabinda, Luke Wilson, Keelan Doss. It's almost like this is what happens on Hard Knocks because they are focusing on a lot of these players and their backstories that are on the bubble because they have these unique stories, because they have that chance uh, for that shred of hope to make the team but maybe they don't you know so people kind of hang on to that and I think one of the guys that we got caught up on here is Keelan Doss and he's gone although it seems as though he's signed with the Jacksonville practice squad uh, you know we had talked a lot about him on the show because of what we had seen with him in Hard Knocks uh, Stan I want to go back to you on this one and ask what you think John Gruden and was looking at when he saw Keelan Doss in the fourth quarter of that that Seahawks game, the last game, and he's, you know, in the beginning of it, actually, he was dropping a lot of balls. I think he went six for 12 uh, in the game um, as far as the targets that he was able to catch. So when you're seeing him miss and drop all these catches and then finally, you know, he's letting it click in the fourth quarter, is that just too much too late? I think that... It was going to be an uphill battle for Keelan Dawes to uh, make the roster anyways, no matter what, even if he would have had a strong every quarter, every game of the preseason. Um, that does resonate with the coach a little bit. Whenever you see a guy struggle in that last preseason game, even though he came back strong in the second half, I think that you already have Antonio Brown. You already have Tyrell Williams. You got, uh, you got the rookie out of Clemson, Renfro. I think that Keelan Dolph probably was going to make this team based on special teams, in my personal opinion. And maybe he didn't really exactly gel or show out on the special team side of the ball uh, throughout the preseason and training camp and things like that. I think that no matter what, he was going to be just fine because of what he displayed on film 
in the preseason game. So if he didn't make it in Oakland, I was pretty sure he was going to get a call somewhere else. And as we can see, he's with Jacksonville. Um, but just from a player standpoint, yes, that does sometimes hurt a player having a few drop passes, even though he came back strong in the second half again. Miles, I had seen a report, uh, I believe it was the Mercury News, that had said the Raiders were interested in keeping uh, Keelan Doss on the practice squad. Had you heard any rumblings about that? And if so, do you think it was just a matter for him maybe of the money and the opportunity at Jacksonville as to why he left? Yeah, actually, I believe John Gruden said it himself um, at a press conference on Monday, I believe that would have been. Uh, I'm still getting my days of the week mixed up, you know, coming out of training camp. you got to get really into the regular season so that I can like, get my days right. And even next week, it's <laughs> Monday Night Football, so we're still going to be messed up. But, yeah, John Gruden did say that they, they wanted to keep him and they wanted um, him to be part of their practice squad. But I think if you do look at Jacksonville's receiving situation, and, and think we're just going over this really well, there are a a lot of wide receivers that uh, the Raiders already have. And so there's kind of a long jam there. And if he looked at the opportunity in Jacksonville and said this on the show, that he felt like it was a really good opportunity there and he can maybe make the team a little bit easier than he would have um, if he had stayed in Oakland. So, yeah, I mean, we heard so many times that uh, Keelan Doff is from Alabama and, then, of course, the, the, the kid doesn't make the team. But I did think it was interesting yesterday when John Gruden said that it was the media narrative and the television show that showed how much they, that, you know, the Raiders or maybe he even liked him and it wasn't necessarily a rally. So I don't know. I mean, we saw on the show tonight, right? Like right. Uh, John Gruden was saying, I'm getting on you because I, I'm the biggest fan. So I don't know. What is reality? Uh-huh. At the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought reality was that John Gruden was really into Nathan Peterman. He's definitely into keeping three quarterbacks because he went after Deshaun Kaiser on waivers. Uh, this is a situation here where now Peterman goes to IR with an elbow injury. They released uh, Josh Morrow, a defensive end, when they claimed Kaiser off waivers. So uh, with Nathan Peterman, uh, I guess, on IR, do we anticipate that he will ever come back, Miles? to this team um it's interesting uh this year maybe not because especially the way is a reserve works. so like you can only bring back two of those players are yeah. you really going to bring back a third quarterback or a fourth quarterback as the case may be i don't think so i think that spot might be used up by somebody a little bit more valuable who you know suffers an injury early on in the season but that being said um, so if you want the chance to develop quarterbacks and John Gruden clearly loves doing that, then yeah, you might see Nathan Peterman next uh, preseason or whatnot. But if you got to see Nathan Peterman play in 2019 for the Raiders, that means something has gone seriously wrong. So I guess we should hope not. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, let me go back to you here, Stan, because uh, there were some fun moments here in hard knocks and uh, we see Antonio Brown, Going up to Trent Brown, who's towering over (laughs) AB. He has him flip his jersey on. Uh, We hear in that scene that he's basically trying on every helmet. He's trying to find the right fit. Um, It does look like Antonio Brown is ready to go despite any kind of craziness with the helmet. But something that they alluded to in this episode was just the 
massive talent that he brings to the table. I mean, when you see a guy like Antonio Brown and as a former cornerback, how do you look at him as somebody to cover and and just how elite is he? How much are we witnessing somebody that's just at the top of this wide receiver level? Oh, man, I think uh, with a guy like Antonio Brown, he's somebody that is definitely going to make you have to step your game up every Sunday that you play against him simply because he's an extreme technician, he's a great route runner, and he seems like someone who is able to get to speed, get up to full speed very quickly in about two or three steps. He's not a burner like Deshaun Jackson or Julio Jones or, um, or John Ross or anybody like that, but the thing is, Antonio Brown probably only runs about a 4-4 in the fourth. But he runs a 4-4 on the football field. He runs a 4-4 in all of his pass routes. He runs a 4-4 coming in and out of his break. And a guy like that who's already going to be sure-handed, and he runs precise routes, and you can tell that he knows what he's doing. I see so many times whenever he's running a nine route or he's running a deep route, he actually goes in as he's, as he's beating the DB at the line of scrimmage, he uses his he uses that inside fist in his running style or should I say his running form to propel him past the DB, almost kind of like a quick little push-off, but he's doing it within the form of actually running where if you don't know what to look for and if you don't actually understand the nuances of receiver and corner, you'll never see it. You'll never even notice it. You'll just think that he just blew past the corner. And I think when you got somebody that has, obviously, the great work ethic, somebody that's a technician, somebody that is sure-handed when it comes to catching the ball, and somebody that has a flat-out confidence that can make any play on the field, you definitely have to come to play whenever you go against Antonio Brown. And I don't think that you can really shut him down and stop him all the way. I think you really can just contain him and try to slow him down. But as far as shutting him out, zero catches, zero yards, I don't really think there's a corner that can do that outside of maybe Deion Sanders. When you watch in this episode, John Gruden breaking down film, Miles, how amazing is it to you to see him kind of just breaking that down, making everything look so fluid, and, and showing these guys like Josh Jacobs where they need to be looking, what they need to look out for, uh, how to protect. What did you get from that scene in this episode, and, and what did you think about it? Well, first of all, I learned where Danny Woodhead went to college. I had no idea. <laughs> but, uh, no, we're seriously... I, I love that kind of stuff. I love when you get to see coaches really breaking down film and what they're teaching and what they want running backs to look at, in particular in this scene, right? It's so important to have good eyes. You have to know where things are coming from. You have to know exactly what pass protection is. You have to know what, what the scheme is and where the, the quarterback is going to go with the ball and where you have to be in order to make that play successful. Um, and we don't really get to see much of that, you know, on a day-to-day basis because all of those things are so kept in-house. But any of that was not really a teaching point of the Raiders' offense, but it was a teaching point in, okay, listen, if you're going against really good pass rushers, you can't have bad pass protection because you get the quarterback killed, right? And so that is the kind of stuff I, I, I always enjoy seeing that. 
And lastly, I wanted to get from each of you, and I'll start with you, Stan. Just what was your overall perception of Hard Knocks, uh, this particular series, obviously with the Raiders as a whole? What did you get from it? What did you take away about the outlook for this team's 2019 season? I think uh, I, I enjoyed this this season of Hard Knocks. I, I probably thought it was going to be a few more fire, fireworks with the types of volatile personalities that you have on that team. But nonetheless, I think the Raiders, are just like what John Gruden said, they're going to be a young team. They're starting to build a foundation. Um, I think they're going to have tw- I think they're going to have twelve rookies on the roster making the team this year, and. I think you're going to see some fireworks on that team. I really do. I'm not sure if they're going to make the playoffs, if they're going to want to be one of the better teams in the AFC, but I do see a lot of success on that team this year and going years forward with Derek Carr, Antonio Brown. I think that's going to be a connection that's going to be one to watch and definitely one to see over the course of the year. I think Jonathan Abrams, I think he's going to be a player as a rookie. Josh Jacobs, he wasn't really – uh, depicted or videotaped or photographed or much during the hard knock season. But I think he's uh, going to have a pretty good year. And then I think that the defense is going to fly around because you could clearly tell going back to that uh, second preseason game against the Arizona Cardinals that Gunther, he's going to have those guys flying around. He's going to have them doing some exotic blitzes. And I think that you're going to see a productive season out of the black and silver. Miles, how about for you? Aside from the creepy Chucky doll, which I'm going to figure out a way to buy a Chucky doll, make it have a voice track, and then I'm going to give it to you. But uh, besides that, <laughs> uh, what for you God. was the big takeaway here from Hard Knocks? <laughs> we just started working together. Why do you hate me so much? Oh, um, no, that's I, great. I think, <laughs> um, I, I think the biggest takeaway is almost more of what we didn't see, right? We had a first-round pick, is, and I think you just alluded to this. We really didn't see Josh Jacobs at all in this entire series. I mean, we heard from him today in, in the episode where he didn't know where Dan went and went to college. But other than that, we, we didn't really see anything. We didn't see any cuts, really. I don't know how much we really got to know Derek Carr or maybe any of the stars of the team aside um, from Antonio Brown. So... What you really saw was, I think, the Raiders did not necessarily want to do the show, and <laughs> they were going to push the narrative that they really wanted to push. And in that way, that's why we probably saw a lot of Gruden. Gruden is the face of the Raiders franchise. And because of that, it, it's something that they, the franchise is very comfortable with Gruden representing them as a whole. And so that's why I think we saw so much Gruden. And Gruden is great on television. As we know, he was on Monday Night Football for darn near a decade right so there's a reason why i think we saw what we saw and we didn't see what we didn't see i mean think about tonight we didn't see one player getting cut and that is one of the staples of the hard knocks franchise so i don't know i mean it was a decent series it was fun to see them you know show the las vegas stadium toward the end there um and we all know that that's what's coming and that's going to be really really fun to see next year but yeah i think the biggest takeaway is just what we didn't see and we didn't see a lot no, we didn't. And for the record, Miles, we're going to build this relationship, you and I. We built this city on rock and roll. And it's like. Oh, shit, baby. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. So we do have the Raiders, like you said, coming to Vegas in 2020. And that's why we are Vegas Nation here covering it all for you. You can find everything on our app, Vegas Nation's app, VegasNation.com, the podcast on ReviewJournal.com slash podcast. And we are brought to you by STN Sports Mobile by Stations Casino Online. Make sure to 
check out everywhere you download your podcast and leave us those comments. We do love hearing from you. We will be back this week because we have this thing called Monday Night Football where the Raiders will be playing the Denver Broncos on September 9th, and we are going to get you covered and geared up for everything this season with Miles and I. So uh, check everybody out here on Twitter at Miles A. Simmons at S. Route with two T's, 26. And I am a Heidi Fang for Miles, for Stan. Thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm.